Today on the Tim Manor Podcast Show, we've got the White Witch of Cheshire, Claire Stone, my mate, Mrs. S. Why are you called the White Witch? Why have you changed it to White Witch? It used to be ancient wisdom, modern woman. But what is like coming up frequently all over um, in the spiritual world is cultural appropriation. So that is a massive topic in itself, which I only discovered what that meant in 2018 when I started writing my book and I took out, in the rituals in the book, I took out smudging. So if you don't know what smudging is, it's a Native American spiritual practice yeah, to clear your aura. And I discovered, which I hadn't known previously, that it's disrespectful for people of other cultures, uh, white people, to use those terms. Um, So I decided to take smudging out of my book. It was in every single ritual. Smudge your aura before we get going, you know what I mean? Um, So this is when I thought, right, I am on a mission now to discover who am I, like what is in my blood, what is in my DNA, and if I can't be borrowing other people's spiritual practices because I don't want to disrespect them and I want to know who I am, then I need to find out what's what. So this got me on my mission of having my DNA uh, done, discovering that 100%, well, not 100%, 100% from the British Isles, which I was a bit disappointed. I wanted a bit of Viking in me, you you? know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I've got that in you, to be fair. (laughs) Yeah, me and John were like Radnor and Lagatha. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, it was nearly 50%... British, nearly 50% Irish, tiny bit Welsh and Scottish. So I thought, right, our there's a lot of magic, a lot of Celtic magic within the British Isles, which we have only just like touched the tip of the iceberg with. We, we don't know our own spiritual heritage because it was stripped away from us from the Romans. So all we know is what they documented about us. So I'm on this mission now and I want to reclaim the word witch because witch is such such a powerful word and it's got very negative connotations and the negative connotations comes from the suppression of women, women's magic and I I am proud to be a woman, I'm proud to be a witch, I identify as a a witch Yeah, and white is in terms of white magic, black magic, so white magic is harming none. Um, and then dark magic is, for example, if I was in love with you and wanted you to fall in love with me and I put a spell on you, that's classed as dark magic because it's manipulating somebody else against their free will. How did you start this in the first place? When did you think, when, when were you like, oh, I'm a little bit different, me? When I, did you have the, well, is it visions? What is, what, what, what you, what you... I have always felt different. I've never felt like I fitted in. Even at home with my own family, I didn't fit in. Um, I had a difficult childhood. My parents were alcoholics. Uh, my grandparents raised me. They took me to church every Sunday. But I had this inner feeling, which I can't fully describe, but I felt like this isn't true. That There's got to be more than life. Since what age? What age were you when you felt like that? Um, well... I had mystical experiences before this, but when I was about 10 or 11... 
What do you mean mystical experiences? Experiencing astral projection, lucid dreaming, seeing spirits. I always had these abilities. I could see animals. And I always thought my cousins could see them as well. And I'd be running around with like the, this animal. I had a, a spirit animal, which is a snake at the time. And it used to chase me like playing. I'm, why a snake? Why? Why? Um, well, all different animals have different spiritual meanings and they can help you with different things. So, for example, if you... What's the difference between a spirit animal and, like, a power animal? Because you get, like... Well, power animal is in a cultural inappropriate. Right. Because that is not how we would refer to it. So, in the British Isles, I would call that my familiar. But, again, it's got negative connotations because you think of witches feeding their familiar... Um, you know, okay. all like devil worship yeah. and all that. That's what they did in Golden Compass, the film, the Golden Compass, they were called familiars, weren't they, I think? Right, well, that's how I like to address spirit right. animals or spirit animals. So it's the same concept as a power animal, but right. you would read about that in a Native American a shamanism book. But it's the same thing. And you're, we all have different kind of spiritual guides, a whole team of guides, angels, spirits. We have ancestral spirit guides. They're your relations. You have your helper guides. So um, if you were a healer, you might attract someone who was a healer in, in their lifetime, but they're not related to you. Um, your animals, your angels, and then other people even have like star beings, you know, if they're into galactic stuff and aliens. So we have this whole team of guides, but you have one guide that stays with you forever, and that's called your gatekeeper. And your gatekeeper is more highly evolved than you, because if they weren't, what would be the point? How can they help you if they don't know what's what? So I'm not saying it's an ascended master like Jesus or Krishna or something like that. Um, but it, it's it's a being that's really highly evolved and they will help choose which helper guides you can work with because they come and go and they're not just your guide but your gatekeeper is just yours and your guardian angel does the same thing. What do I do with that information, Claire? I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, what was the other question? What was the first well, question? Well, the one was about the snake and, and why, right. why, why, why such a young, early age did a snake... You know, why were you seeing a snake? Yeah, well, snake represents divine feminine and that has been a massive part of my work is is reclaiming the, the feminine wisdom. That's what my book is about. I wanted to call it the Divine Feminine Archangels, um, but I got overruled by my publisher. It's called the Female Archangels. In truth, angels are androgynous. They're not female, they're not male. It's to do with energy, um, the opposite sides of the brain, masculine and feminine brain. Um, so, but what... In my work, I help all people, no matter what gender you are, to tap into the feminine brain, which is creativity, it's intuition, your psychic gifts, um, helping you to discover who you are, uh, your who is your, your soul, your purpose. So the snakes appear to you at a certain time and then each different things appear to you as you sort of like moved on through your life? Yeah, they, they, your animals change to whatever's going on in life it can literally change all the time yeah how do you know how do you how did you find your gatekeeper um well this is this is right a bit weird but before i met my gatekeeper guide i i knew other angels first and i can't even so talk to me because i'm like really interested <laughs> i'm like ow okay so my gatekeeper guide is called helena and in i know her from a past life we were 
her bliss in another life. She's not reincarnated. She stayed on the other side. How do you know she's a herbalist from another life? Is she, is she appearing to you at times in meditation? Is she appearing to you when you need it the most? What's... She usually appears when I'm trying to get in touch with her because a lot of this is people think, oh, well, they will come to you. There's nothing special about me. I don't attract all these angels and spirits. I call them in. I'm a mithering fucker. I want to know everything. So I'm like, hey, you can help me with this and what's this and who's that? Because I am so intrigued by spirituality. If we go back to my childhood, which was awful, I have always thought that if I can become spiritually enlightened, then that is the end of my shit life and I will be in peace. And At such a young age, a you were age. thinking that. Yeah, because I had agoraphobia, anxiety. I was raising my younger sisters. I had to check if my mum was still alive every night. That's how bad it was. It was really traumatic. I had PTSD. I had no one helping me at all. There was no adults involved in our life. It was just me, my mum, the kids. My grandparents had moved on at this point when I'm like 11 or 12. Um, but yeah, so I've always had these mystical experiences. No one else in my family had them. So I felt like the weirdo always was like looking for this deeper meaning of life, especially because it was so crap. But I also spoke about this to a friend who's wrote a book about lucid dreaming. And he said that there'd been some research saying that kids who've had traumatic childhoods they're more likely to have experiences such as astral projection because you want to just get out of your body. You don't you don't want to be here. So on some level, that can like reawaken these psychic gifts that everyone has, by the way. I believe that everyone has some level of psychic ability, whether it's clairvoyance. I'm very clairvoyant. I'm very visual. I see lots of things. Other people hear things. That's clairaudience. There's clairsentience when you sense things. So there's all these, they're called the psychic clairs. Um, and if you train in it, because, you know, you don't just go on a workshop one day and you learn, it's like learning a language. If you've, if you've closed this down, then it's not just going to open up in, in one day, but if you practice it, cause you really want it and you want to know the hidden meanings of life, like I do, that's my, that's my obsession that people always say to me, how do you know so much stuff? Cause I'm obsessed with it. I want to know everything. And I've got ADHD as well, so that's like... Shit, that's super focused when you're in it, isn't it? Yes, super focused. That's my super So are you, you... You've got an obsession, but is it a, a love obsession with it? Do yeah. You, do, do you like, love it? I absolutely love it. When I you started it. doing it, do you think, oh shit, I'm home? When I first started doing it, it, it came from a negative place because I, I didn't even want to live anymore. I was trying to escape life. So I was seeking something else. But once I got a taste of what it actually was and how it actually made me feel, this inner peace, accepting things just as they are, not trying to change things anymore. Because at first it was escaping, it was bypassing. So there was this whole journey of, um, I have done so much inner work, it's untrue. Like the therapy I've had has all been on myself through books and things. And I still do it now, I still practice. We're still peeling layers of the onion. You know, every time something annoys me or triggers me, I'm, I'm always asking myself, why did that bother you? And I'm going back and back and back, trying to unroot everything, because I want to know everything about myself. Because that, if you don't know yourself, how can you know the mysteries of the universe and how can you know anybody else? So it, it's all, it's the going back to the know thyself. So you didn't want to be here? You didn't want to be on this planet? Oh, no. But it was that bad, was it? Yeah, I was having panic attacks all day long. Like, 
12 years old and I didn't even know what anxiety was. All I knew was a step outside the front door, my legs are shaking, palms are sweaty. <laughs> Uh, just felt pure sick. I actually thought I was cursed. I hated God because I'd been raised a Christian and I was convinced that I was cursed. I didn't understand spiritual laws like the law of free will, the law of karma. We have all these laws. And um, I just thought I'd be shouting to God, I hate you. Why have you given me this awful life? I'm cursed. Like, how does a kid deal with that? It's hard enough as an adult, having no food, having no heating, raising kids, cleaning up. You know, central heating's broke, looking through the yellow pages, ringing up plumbers. Oh, we haven't got any money for this. One plumber actually fixed our boiler for free once. I won't name them because they might get done. <laughs> but yeah, life was hard. And what, what happened to you from... How did you make the switch from that into like sort of like healing yourself? Like? Well, I experienced a miracle, Tim. Go on. <laughs> so... I have these psychic abilities and that's the only thing I've got going for me because like my mates is the only support I have got. There's no one in the physical world helping me as a kid. I raised myself and the twins. And this sounds batshit crazy, but it's the God's honest truth. One night I am on my knees wailing like I just want to die. I've had enough. Can someone help me? Anyone? How old were you? 13-ish. Fuck, man. I didn't go to school, by the way. I messed that out because I was a young carer. So I didn't even have... There was no escape. You, you weren't going to school, no education? I had primary school education and I started high school. But I had to leave because I had this agoraphobia and I was I was a carer for my mum. So, like, I, I'm saying she's an alcoholic. I mean, she's paralytic in bed 24-7. Yeah, not just, like, a, a tipple on a night. This is, like, full-on... Um, and she's passed away now and do you know what she is such an incredible woman as well I don't I would never say anything bad about her because I know it's a disease and she did recover from it by the way and she got a cap and gown she became a nurse so there was a happy ending for my mum as well after she did rehab with something like that times. experience um, are you able to forgive your mum for them times yeah definitely through the work that you've done I feel like I have I have never held a grudge against my mum and I've always felt responsible for her for some reason. And that's probably still trauma talking, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I was raised by my grandparents, she was only 19 when she had me and she was a victim of domestic violence, really bad violence. So I've always felt like we were sisters more than mother-daughter and my mum she always looked dead young she was so beautiful everyone used to think we were sisters when we used to go on holiday and everything when we were older because life got better as I got older um but uh, she's here now don't get me crying woman <laughs> um yeah so people things like that as you're talking things appear to you people yeah. come yeah as you're talking to people Sometimes they come. My mum's around all the time because she's trying She's trying to make up for what we didn't get when we were kids. So she tries and help us loads now. Yeah. But it makes me feel emotional when she comes through. Like she only passed in 2020, so it wasn't that long ago. When she comes, does she talk to you? What does she say to you? She talks I to me. I love shit like this, <laughs> She talks to me in a telepathic way, so... What do you mean? So, like a thought. So it feels like it's my thought. But... What spirit will do? So when she first started to come through, because I wanted her to come through so bad, I actually doubted myself. This is the weirdest thing. When my mum passed away, 
for about six weeks for the first time in, in my entire life I could no longer see spirit angels I couldn't see or sense anyone and I was like where the fuck have you gone like I need you the most and none of you are here they were there all along because I was traumatized and in shock my mum was only 56 we wasn't expecting her to die I couldn't open to any of them but of course they were all there and it reminds me of that footprints in the sand it was then that I carried you that comes to my mind um and I went and seen a a medium he's shit hot his name's Mike Huff if anyone wants to see Mike and uh, my hadn't even been the funeral and he like she was definitely there I couldn't connect to her at first but Mike did and he, he like he said she was saying oh I've got dead good clobber me and that's a very northern thing, isn't it? Clobber yeah, clothes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the type of thing she would definitely say. Like, everything that he said, it, there was no doubt in my mind. I knew that she was there. He knew absolutely everything, my sister's names. This guy never met me before. And a lot of people know who I am. So if I want a cheeky reading, I'll drop them a text so they don't know who I am. Not that I distrust anyone, yeah. but, you, you know, you don't want people knowing who you are before you, before you go. So um, t- tell me, you're there on your knees, wailing to what's it at 13, and yeah. you had this, what was it? It was an angel that came. Who was it? Ariel. And Ariel is in the book, and Ariel translates to lioness of the goddess. Um, well, it will actually say everywhere online, <laughs> the lioness of God, but I'm reclaiming the goddess, that is my mission, so I've stuck. The masculine named angels, Michael, they're the angels of God, and the feminine named angels are of the goddess. That's something that I wanted to change to bring a bit more balance. And what, what happened in that moment? So, well, as Ariel came through. So I'm asking, can anyone help me? Because I give up on God. I wrote a chapter on this in somewhere, and it's called God is in the Bad Books. Because like I am done with the version of God that I've been trained to know from Christianity. I am done with this God is useless. <laughs> um, so Ariel comes through this angel and I have two ways of seeing things. There's uh, mental mediumship. That's when you see something in your mind's eye. And there's physical mediumship when you see someone right in front of you like that. I can do both. Um, and Ariel was physically in front of me. Now, angels are just energy. They're just light. But Ariel appeared to me looking like how I expect an angel to look with wings blowing her because that's how I think angels look okay do you shit yourself no because I've seen angels my whole life but this is when I really started to create relationship with angels because before now they're just dithering about they're just there in the background but not really like because because I think everyone else can see them so I'm not too interested in what it is like if you've seen trees your whole life you're not just going to suddenly say to someone what are them trees there for if it's always there you don't really question it when you're a kid so anyway Ariel comes through and she gave me some really practical advice and she told me tomorrow I want you to go to the bus stop now the bus stop is literally over the road from where I'm living at this time the thought of me going out fills me with dread at this time of my life so it does what she says I've got no idea what she's doing because I don't know that I've got agoraphobia how do you take to get to the bus stop? oh god (laughs) petrified going to the bus stop. Um, it's a big deal, agoraphobia, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's a fucking big deal. Yeah, So yeah. for you to go from your house to the bus stop, even though it's such a short amount of time, the courage you must have... 
it's imagining the worst thing that could ever happen to you, like that nervousness, the most nervous you've ever felt in your entire life, feeling like that all day, every day. Fuck That's what it's like. And you can't go out because it, your sanctuary is your home, but you still, ironically, you still feel it when you're at home, but at least, like, no one can talk to you and make you stay there longer yeah. than you need to. Like, I thought I was going to be agoraphobic my entire life. I actually had a plan that I would have kids, get a council house, because that's what it's like where I'm from. And then if I had kids, there'd be no reason to go out. I could stay at home. That's oh how my, my mind was mapped wow. out. Um, and but then this angel starts giving me these exercises. So I did what she said. And then after a few runs, she wants me to get on the bus for one stop and come back. Now, how does a kid my age know to do that? That's something a therapist would tell you to do. There's no adults in my life. There's I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm getting this divine guidance with giving me tasks. And eventually I ended up doing an Indian head massage course at college. I was cu- totally cured. She was telling you to do all these things. She told me what to do, making me go outside. An Indian head massage course. She didn't tell me to do the course. I've, I've skipped a bit. So I, she's getting me to go outside. Eventually I go into St. Helens Town Centre, get in a black cab, come straight back. You know, having hot flushes and sweats and oh my God. Um, and then eventually I was cured from it because I just did what she said. And she, she told me that I had to keep going out, keep doing these tasks and doing it every day. And then eventually I wasn't scared of going out anymore. And that was a miracle. And I didn't know what I wanted to be because I thought I'm going to be a stay-at-home mum. <laughs> this is the first time that an angel's come to you and give you divine guidance. Yeah. I've seen angels before, but, but this is the first no. time I've got guidance. And this is what got me massively interested in angels because she saved my life. This being saved my life by giving me that because I didn't want to live anymore. And this angel told me what to do to cure from agoraphobia. Didn't have a psychiatrist, which I should have done. Didn't have any medication, which I should have done. I had to just get on with it. So... Would you think you've committed suicide? Oh, yeah. I didn't because I I always had my younger sisters in mind because if I wasn't there, who would look after them? Fucking hell, Claire. Next level shit, that, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, that, that is hardcore. But, um, so I, I, I've cured this agoraphobia, but I've still got anxiety. You know, this doesn't, I'm going back to my story, not now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is where I start getting interested, right? I've met this, this angel's helped me out. I believe in something, but I don't know what. And this is what opened me up to different spiritual pathways. So then I started getting. Um, obsessed with uh, shamanism, Buddhism. Buddhism was the first thing that I was interested in other religions. I, at first I thought I needed a religion that was going to help me find the true meaning of life and the true version of God because the, the version of God that I knew wasn't the real deal. That's my teenage self thinking. Um, got massively into tarot, was equally petrified of of using the cards because my grandparents they had me watching horror movies and everything as a kid and the priest to try and stop me from being psychic really oh yeah yeah they used to say i had the devil in me when i was a younger kid going back digressing uh, i had to have like, extra church lessons i used to go to this thing it was called the abundant life uh trying like to film this i know I, it? I feel like i've had about 10 lives in this one. <laughs> so so they, they were trying to surpass it. I mean, that's fucking, that's abuse, that. 
Yeah. Do you know what? They weren't bad people. They were doing what they were conditioned to think was right. This is this long history of yeah. Christian um, brainwashing. Yeah. Uh, I've got nothing against Christians. I've not got anything against anyone. But I know they were doing the best. Um, but then they they moved out and left me with my mum when, when she got pregnant with the twins. And that was when the shit hit the fan uh, in that respect. So where do you move from there then when you when you you've you met your angel she's giving you this guidance and you've kind of done the the, the trip and then you've kind of gone searching for buddhism and stuff where where do you go next what what you what's your are you looking for your purpose or for me in your life what are you looking for i'm i'm looking i used to feel like you know that truman show yeah and like if isn't real yeah i had the feeling that life was like that when i was a kid i used to think this isn't real and I couldn't put my finger on what it was, but I feel like it was my soul trying to express itself or me trying to get in touch with it in some way. And it absolutely worked because that longing, I couldn't live an ordinary life. I couldn't work doing a normal job. I have to do what I want to do or it it destroys me. <laughs> and I'm a creative person. Um, so... Yeah, so I'll go on this pathway, looking for massively interested in paganism as well. Yeah. The meditation side of um, Buddhism, because I wanted to be enlightened. If we go back to when I was really ill, I thought, oh, if I become spiritually enlightened, I'm just going to be chilled. Going to fix everything. Yeah, I'm just going to be living my best life. No matter what happens, I'll be able to handle it. Yeah. Um, and then I've got this miracle and I'm reading books um, like Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, I'm getting into a positive mindset and affirmations. And I thought, do you know what? If I have healed from this and I know it's a miracle, I want to help other people to heal. And that's what got me on the therapy journey then. So, Was there a point where you knew what you were going to do with your life? Did you know you were going to become a healer? Yeah, there was a point because I... Like I said, I did an Indian head massage course and I didn't even know at that point I wanted to be a healer. I just did it for something to do. I was attracted to it and I absolutely loved it. I love essential oils. I love pressure points. Like I love everything about that course. So I then went and did a full year in aromatherapy, reflexology, the whole shebang. I did yeah. Reiki. Um, this is in, this is over 20 years ago, this. Um, thinking Nobody were doing it back then. 2020. Nobody no one was no, doing no. it. And because no one was doing it, I was getting invited off everyone to come and teach it. And I wasn't a teacher. So I ended up teaching at Women's Aid, um, the YWCA and Shawstart. Now, these women's charities are really close to my heart because if you look at my past, it's women uh, who are victims of domestic violence so and uh, young pregnant women. So I'm living my best life going in, teaching them what I know about meditation, relaxation, how to blend some oils, um, what pressure points you can use to help you to relax, positive thinking. I absolutely loved doing all of that. I ended but up, was it fulfilling you, doing that? It was, but I always had a dream of becoming an author. Now, I did have this imposter syndrome because I haven't had high school education. I learned um, reading, writing, spelling from doing crosswords in take a break. That's how I, smoking weed, that's how I fulfilled my younger years, yeah, yeah. you know, teenage years. Um, so I always had this, and I also had this naive idea, and I think a lot of people probably do this, 
I thought that a publisher was going to come to me. I, I don't know why. It was just stupid, really. But I always wanted to be published by Hay House, which I am. And I used to think Hay House was going to come to me. Um, and that didn't happen. I One day, Helena said, if you don't write this book now, you never will. And I knew that she wasn't lying. I knew it was true. So I got off my ass. I had no idea how to write a book. I hadn't even wrote a blog or a magazine article at that point. So I went on a writer's workshop, <laughs> two-day workshop, uh, learned how to put a proposal together. And I actually, Hay House, what they do is if you've been on their writer's workshop, once a year, one person will win a contract. Anyway, I'm asking my tarot cards, am I going to win the contest? One day they're saying yeah, and the next day they're saying no. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, you're wrecking my head. The cards, one day they're telling me you're going to win it, then the next are not. Anyway, I didn't win it. About six months later, get a phone call. Hey, Claire, it's Reed Tracy. This is the CEO of Hay House Inc. in America. What I didn't realise was, once a year, everyone who's been on the workshops all over the world gets entered again into a second competition, and I won it. So I got a contract off Hay House Inc. How long ago was that? That was, uh, well, I wrote the book in 2018, so it was probably 2017. Um, and then the female Archangels was born. That's fucking meant that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, how did yeah. you feel at that time? I couldn't believe it. When he ran... Imposter syndrome still kicking in, you're like... When he rang our house, no one's got our landline number. I don't know why I put the number on me proposal of the house, because we all just use mobiles, don't we? And I thought it was John, my husband, taking the piss, uh, saying it was Reed Tracer. I almost <laughs> said, fuck off, John, you tit. Honest to God. But I'd met him once. He'd definitely do that as well. And I, and I thought, oh my God, it really is him. I was on my knees, sobbing. The kids come running over. What's happened? What's happened? And I, I couldn't even speak. I, for the first time in my life, I was bloody speechless because I love the sound of my own voice. You yeah. probably noticed. <laughs> um, but that was like, that was probably one of the best things that has ever happened to me in my life. That self-worth of like, because you've, you've really achieved something there, mate. I'm, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Le, that's legit that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe that. Like, I'm still pinching myself now. Do you, do you look back at your life and just think about all these things have happened for a reason to, in order for you to help other people? Obviously, you must have, you, you have that realisation all the time, don't you? Yeah. I mean, how many thousands of people must you have helped by now? I have no idea. I was a, I was a practicing therapist for about fifteen years, doing Reiki, psychic readings, massage, yeah. plus my workshops and retreats and everything. And then when I won the the book deal, I thought something's got to give now because I'm a mum as well. I can't do everything, yeah. so I closed my therapy business, which I was gutted at the time, but it was the right thing to do. I had to let that aspect go. Um, but do you know what? One thing that I've not spoke about in this is my spiritual teacher. Because I had a physical spiritual teacher as well. Go on. So I'll tell you the story about this. So when I'm um, in my later teens and I'm doing my holistic therapy courses and everything, I start going on dodgy shamanism courses and this, that and the other. What do you mean by dodgy shamanism courses? <laughs> what is that? So, you know, when you just see like a course... Well, back then it would be in the in the newspapers, in the loot and things like that. Witches moots, and moot is when witches gather in pubs. I don't even know if, if they call it that, that anymore. I don't know, but I was like seventeen, rocking up to these Wiccan 
pub gatherings with all these bikers. Shit. Yeah, and I'll be honest, they were really cool and they were fine, but I ended up getting involved with this shaman. She called herself a shaman. Um, but was into some really like what? Come on, exorcisms, Come on. pictures flying off walls. Like everyone who was in that group, we all went to learn about shamanism, and we all. Well, she was in some dark. Yeah, shit. people were petrified when they left that course. Like people just left it before it even finished because it was scary as hell. Um, so that's how I learned. Did you get anything from that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because when you are doing healing treatments on people, they could have spirit attachments. Right, 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 right. right. So it kind of set me up. Because you can't be freaked out, can you, when the sort of like negative attachments appear to you? You can't, because especially if you're working with someone else, like what's that going to do to somebody else? I've had people emailing me absolutely petrified because a healer or a psychic has told them, you've got a spirit attachment. Like that will absolutely petrify anybody. Um, so you've got to know how to handle these things, but... But that's coming from you being little and dealing with all that bullshit and stuff. It's like, it must be quite hard to phase you. It was really, it, it was scary because I'd been made to watch movies like Amateurville Horror, um, The Exorcist, when they were trying to drill the psychicness out of me. So I'm thinking, oh shit, like, am I going to end up possessed or... They'd instilled that fear. There was no fear of the spiritual world when I was a kid. It got instilled into me. Um, but but did, did it harden you to it though? To a point, I know it sounds ridiculous, like. But when you now sit in front of someone who's got an attachment, even you younger watching those films, it, it's almost they're actually training you, ready to do your work in a way, which is really universally yeah. weird. Yeah. In it? Yeah, They're actually yeah. training you. Yeah. It's actually you're doing like a fucking training workshop online. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's some movies because that's what you're going to be doing in later life. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mad that, isn't it, when you look at it? Yeah. It is mad. So this hoot, woot, what is it called? Moot. M-O-O-T. Now, the moot is not the same as the shamanism. A moot is, is a, like a Wiccan gathering. So it's not, that's not the same. And they were cool and we'd meet at full moon, new moon. Yeah. Um, I'd experience hand fastings. That's where uh, they get married for a year and a day. What? Uh, yeah, we do really cool stuff, but they were a lot older than me. Everyone, because like you said earlier, there weren't a lot of people into this stuff yeah, back yeah. in the day. So you'd be looking through newspaper looking for, is there anyone? The sign, there was no internet. A signal, a little Yeah, logo. I had no internet or nothing. I'd be going into the spiritual book section, which was probably that big. Um you know, have you read the Celestine Prophecy, like the really old school books? Uh, it's about synchronicity and right, things right, like right, that. Right. Um, and this is now leading to the next part of our my, my spiritual teacher, Ted. So, Ted. Yeah, Big Ted. That's what we all call him, joking. So I've met all these dodgy teachers, but I love Archangel Michael. And I've got my angel team here, and I'm like, do you know what? I don't ever want to get involved with any more dodgy teachers. And I set an intention and I said, I want to find the most um, positive, helpful teacher that exists for me. I need a proper teacher on this path. And then um, a few months later, I'm coming home. I live in this council flat. It's a proper rough area. And um, I haven't got a washing machine. I'm doing my washing at my mum's. So I've got all these bags of laundry around my arms. I've got my little Jack Russell pop. And I'm walking upstairs. And this guy says, can I use your toilet? 
And I thought, oh, I'm not answering him. <laughs> you know, I was a timid woman, young woman. And at next minute, I hear these footsteps behind me. I turn around, get punched in the face, got absolutely battered. They bit my ear, trying to gouge my eye out. There's like five people jumped me um, outside my flat when I was 18. Um, I can't tell you more of this, because I'm like, what the fuck? I know. What, why? Well, I don't know why, but I had this incredible experience. So I'm getting stamped in the air. There's these size 10 rock pots getting smashed into, coming towards my face. And I thought I was dead calm, Tim. And I thought, I said to myself, you're going to die now, Claire, and it's okay. And I was super calm. Next minute, I am not aware of Claire at all. Like, my, my total memory has gone, and I'm in this other place. And all I can describe it as, it seemed like a, a round room, if that, if you can describe it. And it, it appeared to be a library. That's how I perceived it, like a library of lifetimes. And this man came over to me and he was Japanese. And I thought, and I, I thought, oh, this must be one of my spirit guides because I do Reiki and Reiki's Japanese. So that's just what I'm thinking to myself. And he came over and he said, scream. And I went, what? And I didn't know what he meant at all. And he said, scream. Next minute, I'm back in my body. I can feel all this pain. I'm on the floor getting kicked in. Screamed. These people ran off. People come out, um, took me to hospital. And uh, and then I thought, right, I need to learn martial arts because I'm never getting beaten up off anyone ever again. Anyway, my ear is Van Damme. Why it. did they beat you up? I don't know. To this day, you don't no, know? I don't know who they are. No one ever caught them. I don't know. That just drives me insane. I know. Not knowing. No. How do you, how do you deal with that? Um, to be honest, I've been through that much shit. I, I didn't experience any trauma, funnily enough. From really? That, yeah. It, it didn't. I, I did have the desire to learn martial arts because I was determined. I'd seen my mum getting battered her entire life. It, very common where I was from, women getting beaten up. And I thought, that ain't going to happen to me again. Someone tries to get me again, I need to know how to handle myself. So I'm thinking kickboxer Van Damme. That, <laughs> that was my childhood hero, yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway, the universe has got uh, got plans for me, which is not kickboxing. So I'm there in my bookshop, can't afford these books. I'm a student, I've got my own place, so I'm reading the spiritual books in the bookshop. Keep bumping into this guy. And he's reading the same books as me. And because this is so unusual that someone else is interested in the Celestine Prophecy, you're like, who is that? And there was this kind of like, you know when you recognise someone? Do you ever get that feeling? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I kept bumping into this, um, this lad and he had these weapons with him. And I'm, and I'm like, what, what have you got there? And it was a bokken and a jaw and they're wooden weapons that you will use in Aikido. So anyway, we get friends for a while and um, he's coming back to ours and we do meditation. It wasn't a romantic thing, but we're on this spiritual path. Anyway, I told him that I wanted to learn martial arts. I've been beaten up and he said, well, why don't you come and meet Ted? Um, so I was like, yeah, all right. So I went and watched and you need to receive an invitation to even watch because my teacher's very, very old school, no advertising, um, literally I think he, he kind of felt like the right people would be attracted to the club so I went sat down and watched and I was told you might be sat there for four months and he might never invite you to train ever 
Where is this? Where is it? Well, he passed away um, two years ago. But where was it, the club? It was in Prescott. Right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I walked into the dojo and I had the shock of my life when I seen on the altar, you have some incense and a photograph of the founder of Aikido, which is Yushiba Sensei. And it was the guy who told me to scream. Shut the fuck up, Claire. Look at my goosebumps. I, like, to this day... I still get goosebumps when I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick as fuck, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is sick as fuck. So I found my spiritual teacher, and um, did you what? So you sat there. When when did he invite you up to train? That day. That very day. Yeah, yeah. He come up to me, and he said, "Who and why?" And I absolutely shit myself. I'm an 18 year old. This is a big like you want to see the size of his wrists because he's been doing martial arts yeah, for one. probably like 50 years something like that and uh, he said oh money joking love um bring, <laughs> bring your tracksuit next week and uh, get on the mat and i was like oh my god um so my spiritual path is aikido even though i do all my witchy woo the white witch of cheshire what what i was un- not expecting that yes what underpins everything is aikido so aikido means the harmonious way of the spirit and if you come and watch in our dojo you would think that it's choreographed you think we're making it up john's been and he's like what the fuck because he um his background is tie boxing and gra- grappling yeah, and all yeah, kinds yeah, of yeah. stuff and he's like what are they doing? Flight looks like you're bloody dancing. It's beautiful art. Um, so Aikido is the physical version of it where you're learning how to pin people and the throws and the locks and all of that. But there's a deeper spiritual level and it's called Mushindo. And Mushin means the way of nothing, the way of the empty mind. Yeah. So our teacher, I've got goosebumps all over me talking about this. Uh, my teacher, he was one of the green jackets. And when he was in the army, he was in Borneo. And that's where he met his sensei. He was called Francis Sammy. Francis Rama Sammy, but we call him Sammy. He's passed away as well, because these are all yeah, old yeah. guys. Um, and he said he used to think he was hard. He was a scouser. And um, he said he fell in love with Aikido when he seen this, like, five-foot fella um, throwing a big, muscly fella through a through a bamboo hut without even touching him. So he stayed there for years and trained with Sammy. Sammy actually created the Mushindo art, so that's credited to him. So he was the teacher of my teacher. So my martial art lineage is really short to the to the founder. It's really close. Um, but our teacher taught us like everything about energy, about life, psychology. He was the most incredible person I've ever met in my life. Like, anyone would want to meet him and want to sit with him or have a pint with him. Like, he was the, the closest. Not the like, I believe in putting people on pedestals, but I put him on a pedestal. He's the closest to what I am looking for. He's the closest thing to, like, he's found what I want. Fuck me, what a story that is. Yeah. I can't believe that scream bit. I know. I know. It's like, I don't even know what to do with that information. I've like, <laughs> blown your mind. Blown my mind. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting any of it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's because, you know, with your branding and everything, you've yeah, got yeah. to stay on your niche topic, haven't you? No, you haven't. No, oh. you haven't. I, I feel you do. You, 
you're doing yourself a very big misjustice. I feel that I'm going to write a post about this is too many people are niching down on the brand. What you need to do is niche down on your products and your services, not your brand. The right. Clairstone brand is so multifaceted. Yeah. There's so many beautiful things that people don't even know about that need to fall in love with. Yeah. And then they get the niche products and services. Too many people are saying niche down, niche down, niche down. Yeah, products and services, cool, but not your brand. Right. Well, I need a session with you. <laughs> we can just, uh, listen, we can't, mate. We're going to be friends forever. You know that. Um, we can talk about it another time. Um, I'm just fucking, I love it, mate. I love it. I love it. I just, I just try to, 18 year old and you've been doing Aikido since then? 22 years. I did Aikido till my sensei passed away. And then none of us in the, no one has took over our dojo. No one can fill his boots. No one wants to step up. And and he's got students who've trained with him for over 40 years. I was the youngest. Yeah, these are like, I've got a second dan in Aikido and a first dan in Mushindo. It takes like 10 years to get one black belt in our club. Because it's not just about being able to physically apply the, apply the technique. It's what how you're living your life in a harmonious way. And if you can get through challenges. So when I got through a, a personal challenge, um, I got graded. And it wasn't because of something I'd done on the mat. It was because of something that I'd got through Ooh, in my life. Um, I love that. Yeah. But saying that, yesterday, me and my daughter, had a, we actually had a... a private Muay Thai lesson yesterday. It's the first martial arts I've done with somebody else since. But the person who taught us was one of my teacher's students and one of his best friends. So I want my kids to know self-defense. So we got him up, we had a fantastic day and he, sh- and he showed us some moves. So did you apply any of that within when you're helping people, you're doing these workshops and you're doing that? How does how does it sort of like transfer with doing the readings and stuff like that? I think it's how I conduct myself to make sure people are safe. So the way I deliver information to people. Um, yeah. So if I see something bad in someone's cards, for example, I will only deliver that information if we can change the future. There's no point in me telling you in six months this is going to happen and then you going out and having six months of worry. I don't believe in that. That's not harmonious is it but if there's something you could do to change it so let's make up a scenario imagine that you were married mm-hmm. and i could say that after 20 years of being married you were going to get divorced in six months because your wife was going to run off with someone else if if i got the message right if he puts some effort in now they can fix that relationship and she won't stray and that marriage can be salvaged then i'd tell you does that make sense? It's perfect sense. Because then there's a solution. If I've not got a solution, then I ain't telling you something bad that's going to happen because I don't believe in that. I want people to focus on the good. You give someone a reading and it's amazing. You tell them one tiny bad thing. They that's the only thing right they'll take away. Yeah, that's all they'll think about. I don't see the point in it. I'm trying to create more love and more peace in people's lives. So, and the way I do things, because my teacher knew an awful lot about psychology. And obviously, we have learned lots of things by being a student. Um, So definitely, that's the way I handle things. And energy as well. So my psychic protection, the way I I work, physically work, is different to how my things that I've learned in books. The services that you offer are tarot card... Tell me the services that you offer. So all the people know as well. 
Yeah, so I do uh, psychic tarot readings, which is not mediumship, so I'm not chatting to your past loved ones. Um, I'm finding, because what I like to read about, I, I don't like them readings where it's, um, does this person fancy me or... Like, they don't do anything for me. I want to talk to people who want to change their lives in a big way. I want to find big solutions so that you, you're living your best life. So that's why I read in a way that I like reading. Um, someone who wants a mediumship reading, they either want to connect with a loved one, and there's definitely a place for that, mm-hmm. um, and they just want to know. They want to know different things, basically. But if you're having a tarot reading, to me, the tarot, your super conscious mind... Is choosing the cards. Let's do it. Let's do one. Let me do. Let's do one together. I feel like now's the time. I don't know why. Go on. <laughs> let's do one. Okay. So we've got the cards, and I'm going to shuffle them, but you're going to choose. So we're just going to give you a, a me- one message. Is that what we're doing? Because I'm reading lasts an hour. <laughs> yeah. No. Just give me one message. Okay. I feel like there's a mess. There's a question that I want to ask. I think. There's that a I question just want... that you want to ask. Yeah. We'll I think it. so. Um, I feel like it is. The business about to have financial abundance. You're asking, is it? Is it? All right. Well, what we'll do is. I feel like there's a there's some there's a shift happening. In the business. Okay. Now, for that question, I would ask yes or no. The cards will tell me yes or no. Okay. Now, then, if they say no. Well, I'm going to ask, well, why and how can we make that happen? Okay. So can you see how I have a different style? Yeah. Like my own style. Yeah, 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 yeah. So You're yeah. asking the questions, the right questions, aren't you? Yes, that's what it's all about, asking the questions, being a mitherer. A mitherer. So you're asking, yeah. are you about to unlock yeah. financial abundance yes. in work? Love that question. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Oh, there's an offer. So we've got the Knight of Cups, and this card is the Holy Grail. So this is telling me that your business, like mine is, this is your destiny. This is your, you're looking for your own Holy Grail. And if you keep doing things the way you love doing it, you don't abide by other people's rules. You do it your way. You're breaking all the rules. Yep. And so you are the Knight of Cups. You're your own knight in shining armour. And following your own heart, you're going to, get to where you need to be and thus the abundance comes if you google the knight of cups it might say you're going to receive an offer so there could be some news or information coming forth that's going to help you to take this abundance to the next level but ultimately i am drawing upon that you are following your path you're on the right path and you've got to stay true to that this is your holy grail your business is your holy grail it's your destiny done perfect what else do you do so I have a lot of events. Yeah. I have a monthly event, which is women's only. It's called a sisterhood awakening. And it's for any women who are on any spiritual path who want to come and meditate, drink herbal tea, learn something new. It's different every month. I come up with different things. Sometimes I sit there and they'll tell me what we're doing tonight. Sometimes there's no plan. We just go with the floor. It's women only because if you look at my past... I feel like there needs to be safe space for women. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I also have mixed events. I know you've been asking, I want to come to one of your retreats. Listen, I'm mithering you, <laughs> like you mither other people. Yes, yes. So that's the call. It's just, I've got like quite a lot of masculine in me. Um, and I'd like to get that feminine side that, you, that you're talking about. 
I love the Aikido side and the clearing the mind and stuff like that. Yeah. I'd love more of that into my life. Yeah. The only way I'm going to do that is spend more time with you. <laughs> well, you're welcome anytime. Yeah. Um, I one of so I have some like courses that I run a couple of times a year. I've got an online membership. It's called the Angel Mystery School. And this is all at your own retreat. This is an online right uh, course yeah. where if you joined now. Um, you've got access to over 200 videos. You could type, so you're thinking, oh, I need to I need to learn psychic protection. You type in psychic protection, you'll get all my videos, meditations, PDFs, workbooks about what angels to work with for psychic protection. It is heavily angel-themed, hence the Angel Mystery School. But it's not limited to that. Like, you, you, it's not to just learn about angels, it's to learn about you and who you are. But a lot of people are frightened of working with spirit. People yeah. aren't scared of working with angels. Um, so that's why I have like the angel side of it and because I love angels anyway. So that's my online thing that's been four years, it's been running, same members sign up year after year. Um, but I love that. We meet every fortnight on Zoom, we do a meditation, we have a masterclass. In person, I, I have different retreats in the lakes, Glastonbury. I had the first one at our farm um, last month. It was brilliant, but it had to be glamping because I have got an outbuilding with a kitchen and a bathroom and the goddess temple, I call it. Um, but we needed tents to for people to sleep in, so we had the glamping pods. I bet that was mint, that, weren't it? Oh, it was incredible. I took them to Alderley Edge. I Did absolutely love ones? it. We made um, magical bags. Right. So, and we've got um, a mugwort ceremony, which is on early next month. That is for anyone. If it says a sisterhood, it's women only. If it doesn't say that, it's open invite to anybody. So the mugwort one, I'm actually, oh, I didn't tell you, I'm a master herbalist as well. <laughs> I used to call myself the spiritual slut because I'm into everything. Bit of Buddha, bit of Jesus, herbalism. Like, you mention it. But I, this is what I'm saying about your brand. You need to bring all that together know, and put it on. Dude. I know. Uh, so I've had a dabble in nearly everything. Yeah. Um, so the mugwort is, <clears throat> I teach people um, how, I teach them about lucid dreaming because lucid dreaming is something that I frequently do. Um, sometimes I want to try and wake up from it and, the weird thing is, because I've been with my husband for 22 years as well, I met him the same year I met Ted, my teacher. Right. Must have been a good astrology year for me. <laughs> um, he knows if I need waking up. If I'm like in some like lucid dream and I want to wake up, he'll wake me up. He just knows to wake me up. You can ask him about that when you, yeah, well, when I'll, you see I'll ask him. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but lucid dreaming and astral projection are two different things. So lucid dreaming is when you are dreaming... And in the dream, you know that you're dreaming. You know, like in that Inception yeah, film. Yeah. That's what lucid dreaming is. So if you're lucid dreaming, you can make the dream become anything you want. So I have a trigger or an anchor, which people set up on purpose, but I just did it by accident. I've never tried to do it. It happens spontaneously from being a kid. So the lucid dream, I'll be like, oh God, I'm dreaming now. And the trigger is a mobile phone. If I see a mobile phone in a dream, I know I'm dreaming and I become conscious in the dream. Wow. And then if I'm having a dream that I don't really want to dream, because when you're dreaming, if you have bad dreams, that's just the subconscious mind clearing itself, letting go of crap. So it's not necessarily a bad thing if you're having a bad dream. But I'm thinking, oh, I don't like it here. I need to wake up. <laughs> in the last one I had, 
I thought, I need John to wake up because he wakes me up. So I thought, I will just imagine that John's driving past because I'm in control, I'm lucid dreaming. So John drove past me in my dream and I got in the car and that woke me up. It's, it's bizarre. Um, so lucid dreaming, uh, uh, mugwort, the herb, um, you can drink it, you can smoke it, you can set the tincture. That can enhance lucid dreaming, people who want to be awake in the dream because like, you can go in other dimensions and do really cool stuff. Um, so in my mugwort ceremony, we do three rounds of mugwort and I will drum. So get your brain waves, you know, get you into alpha and so you can go deeper. And a lot of people want to be visual in the meditations and in the dreams. So this can really help. Um, So in the first one, we'll do the tea ceremony. You'll set your intentions, have a a cup of mugwarte, then I'll drum, guide you on a journey to get some information. I won't tell you what, because you'll probably come one time. And then then I bring everyone back. They write everything down. And then we'll do a second round. But on the second round, I will give you the tincture. And the tincture that I've got, um, it's the mugwort tincture. And it's got um, Labradorite crystal and moonstone crystal in it as well. It's so nice. You put a few drops on the tongue. Different sensation. Drum again. You'll go under again. I'm there, Claire. I'm there. Third round. You sold it. If you want to, you can smoke it. Right, okay, don't. Um, people tend to get a bit more giddy than relaxed at that point. I don't know if it just feels naughty, like we're smoking mugwort. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's class, that, isn't it? Yeah, um, and then I'll talk, give you like general tips on how to remember your dreams and how to induce this and, and whatnot. Uh, but you actually, co- I get you connected to the spirit of the plant as well. So it, it's it's really, really gorgeous. Um, that, so that's one of my signature workshops that I, I absolutely that. love. I've and never heard of that before. No, not not a lot of people will do it. Um, I, because I did the training as a master herbalist and then thought, this sounds like it could be good. I, I've also introduced a different herb this time, which I've never had other people working with before, and it's hazel. And um, the reason why I chose hazel is because... Each month in the Celtic calendar, each month has a tree associated to it. And we're moving into the month of that tree. And that tree, Hazel, is all about wisdom and reclaiming your own inner wisdom. So I thought, that's bloody perfect perfect. to work with, with mugwort. Because most people, that's what they want. They want to know, why am I here? What's the point in this? Like, how can I live my best life and be happy? So I'm bringing the hazel into it this time as well that will be really interesting um i do a two-day workshop read tarot like a pro that's what that because i just absolutely love tarot i love everything that that's that's the thing <laughs> i just love everything so i think this is my favorite oh no it's not it's that but you can do all it all you can do it all can't yeah, you because yeah. it all everything's a part of you yeah isn't it? everything's yeah. a part of your brand yeah yeah so i do a lot of witchy full moon rituals, working with crystals, everything. What's the big, what's the one biggest thing that's made the biggest impacts on you? Aikido. Has it? Yeah. Definitely. It's mad that, isn't it? I have seen pure magic in that dojo, like where I've never seen anywhere else, what I probably wouldn't even talk about. Like, yeah, that's just a gift. It feels like a gift rather than something to 
yeah. reshare or sell or it doesn't Which feel like it's mine to give. Beautiful, that, that makes sense. In this day and age, that is beautiful. Yeah, really. yeah. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and have the Claire Stone experience, how can they get in touch with you? I have got a newsletter which is the best thing on my website, clerestone.co.uk. And then every month you will get an email with what's going on with the moon, uh, what I suggest you can do with this, what's going on, what herbs to use and all the witchy stuff. And then you also know where I'm speaking, what events I'm going to be at um, and what events I have got on as well. But I've got Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, Clerestone on Facebook, Clerestone UK on Instagram. Blessed to call your friend, mate. We're in it for life, aren't we? Yes. Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And goodbye. with the best.